0: Good morning, High Point Life. It's so good to finally see you again now. I know that I'm not able to see you, but you're able to see me. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic going on, I'm not able to attend your church physically. However, after we have gone through this stage of the pandemic, I really, really hope uh, that I will be able to come to your church physically and to be with you all again, to drop by and say a little bit of greeting and to eat some of the good food, over there man i really miss you all and every time when i think of clang i always think of Hyper church think of the warmth and the love that you bring to me and um yeah i i really miss you guys um i hope that all of you are doing well i hope that uh really thank god for the the provision for his resources uh in these uh, hard times and uh, as for me i have been working non-stop ever since MCO 1.0, and uh, yeah, I, I'm in the glove industry. And one thing about the glove industry is that people think that it's a it's a booming market now, and that is true. But um, at the same time, it's also very competitive. Since I'm not uh, in the manufacturing line, I'm just a supplier. And, you know, all the suppliers are just eating each other up and trying to take advantage over each other. But yes, uh, after all this is over. I'm praying and praying. I get to visit all of you again um, and to be with you again. Today uh, we are going to look into uh John chapter 1, 43 to 51. Okay, we are going to look at the one of the four gospel book. Now, if you could turn your Bibles to that passage, that would be great. I'm just gonna give you a few seconds here. Okay, that is John chapter 1. <clears throat> 43 to 51 okay and when you are there uh, don't read yet okay we are going to pray and then we are going to read together as a church okay come let's pray dearly father thank you for the word thank you for your breath in these scriptures we ask today for nothing but your wisdom and your discernment to be reversed uh, we thank you that you have given us so much. Um, yet even at times when we don't deserve it, you have sheltered us. You have provided us. We thank you, Father, as we come before your word today. May you minister and speak to us. We pray all this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So I understand that today is Youth Sunday. And um, I was just thinking, what what should I share uh, to the youth? Now I... also involved in some youth ministries and i'm very very passionate about youth youths are the only people that could keep me awake until 3 am 4 am if it's other people oh man i'm gonna sleep at 11 pm and youth is the place where i put my heart in as well so i understand that today is youth sunday and i really hope that whatever i've just prepared uh, will touch you guys and also to the rest of the congregation as well now we are going to read Uh, the passage, and after reading the passage, we will see uh, what God uh, wants to tell us. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophet's wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" Philip said to him, "Come and see." Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, "Behold, an Israelite in, the, in whom there is no deceit." Nathanael said to him, "How do you know me?" Jesus asked, "Answer him." Before Philip called you, when you were under the victory, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Whereby, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel." Jesus answered him, "Because I said to you, I saw you under the victory. Do you believe? You will see greater things." than this and he said to him truly truly i say to you you will see heaven open and the angels of god ascending and descending on the son of man amen amen thank you for the word now what a strange encounter between philip nathaniel and jesus so essentially what happened here is we started off with philip following jesus now as to how philip accepted christ there is not any elaborative elements here is from the entirety of the Bible, we only know when Jesus called Philip to follow Him, Philip just followed. And moving on in the next scene, we see that uh, Philip was very excited. He uh, was overwhelmed with this excitement, and he wants to share it out. So he went to his best friend, which is Nathaniel, and he said to Nathaniel, "We have found. We have found. We have found the guy that we have always been reading about. Okay, or at least the Bible was alluding uh, of." which is, you know, back in those times, they only have the first earlier books of the Old Testament. And so they said, found him. And do you all notice something here? Nathaniel's first response was, can anything good come up from Nazareth? He haven't even met Jesus. Okay. He may trust his best friend, but he doesn't trust anyone coming up from Nazareth. And either way, Nathanael went indeed. Okay, despite his skepticism, he went and he met Jesus. And here's the interesting part: even before Nathanael said anything, Jesus said, "Ah, here is an Israelite without deceit." Now, this is a reference. It's actually a reference to Jacob. Huh? Jacob's name was Jacob's name was Jacob, but his name halfway through the book of Genesis was also changed to Israel. And Jacob was full of deceit. He was known as someone who is very deceitful. He tricked his father into blessing him with the birthright, his birth uh, with the birthright. And um after that, it pe- it, it sort of piques Nathaniel's interest, like, whoa, this is a guy that said something about me, about my character. But it's a reverse effect. It's, 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 it's weird, okay? And we, we will look into it further. And this piques Nathanael's interest. He said, "How do you know me?" And Jesus said, "Under the fig tree, I, before Philip called you, I saw you." And I don't think I don't believe this was a super. Uh, this was a just a normal day where Jesus happened to walk by a fig tree that Nathaniel was under. This is a supernatural power uh, that Jesus was exercising, omnipresent, all knowing. And after that, uh, Nathanael immediately. As we can see from the skepticism he started to proclaim that jesus is the son of god whereby you're the king of israel and he ends with jesus said uh, boy you know is this i just say something like that you believe huh well you will see something greater than this man in fact i i truly truly say to you you will see heavens open and the angels of god ascending and descending on the son of man again another reference to Jacob okay because in Genesis 28 I believe 28 you're able to find a passage about Jacob's dream and Jacob actually dreamed this exact same dream as well which is the angels of God ascending and descending a stairway and now we see the prophecy being fulfilled actually that stairway will Jesus Jesus is coming and Jesus is here to be that stairway between us and God Now, today we are going to explore the life of Nathanael. Okay, just now what we have just uh, read and what I've just explained, is just a summarize of what the passage is all about. But today we are going to explore the life of Nathanael. Now, who is Nathanael? We only know that Nathanael was Jesus' twelfth disciple. And one of the few earliest ones as well, based on the account of John, the book that we have just read but not much is said about him. Aside from this passage, you will not find anything about Nathaniel throughout the Bible. In fact, it is only in the Gospel of John you will find this name Nathaniel. And a lot of scholars and church believe he goes by another name, which is Bartholomew. And in in the other three Gospel books, you will find Bartholomew. But again, nothing is said about him. And Bartholomew, the scholars believe Nathaniel is his personal name, and Bartholomew is his surname. But again, nothing is said at all about him, except from this passage. This passage is the only inter- the only time we get to see Nathaniel say something or say something out of his mind. So we're going to explore Nathaniel, and I believe in this passage, there are a few things we can learn about Nathaniel and his surroundings. And I think the the big question to ask ourselves today is that when we read this passage, what can we learn from Nathaniel? And youth, I hope that you are listening up. Now, as we read the passage and just gone through a brief explanation, I believe the first thing we can learn from Nathaniel is that he read his Bible. Now, back in those times, the the whole Bible wasn't fully constructed yet. They only had the Torah, which is the first the first five earliest. Part of the Old Testament, okay, uh, which make up of books like Exodus, Genesis, the, the laws in which Moses write the beginning uh, of the creation, etc., etc. And we can see that when Philip approached Nathaniel, he said that we have found him. We have found the one that we have always been talking about. And so this tells me that in order to recognize who Jesus is and Philip definitely recognised Jesus as the Messiah before that. In order to recognise Jesus, we've got to read our Bible. And I know a lot of pastors and a lot of churches, when we hear about sermons of anything, they will always say, read the Word of God, read the Word of God. And in in this passage, it is evident and it's very obvious as well. We have to read the Word of God in order to recognise Jesus, in order to recognise the love and the character of their kingdom. So let me ask the youth today, how many times have you opened up your Bible? In a day, in a week, in a month, how many times have you really opened up your Bible? And it pains me to say, even for myself, I don't really open up the Bible very often. I only open up the Bible, and this was last time, when I needed to share a testimony, or when I needed to preach, or when I'm free. But I don't really open up the Bible, which is God's wisdom and also what he has said and his law, his decree and everything. I don't really read about it and that made me a very half-baked Christian. I remember a good chunk of years in my life when I did open up the Bible, when I wasn't dwelling in his word, I was only getting half-baked experiences from God. Now, I believe that even as you don't turn into his Bible, God can still bless you, God can still minister to you, God can still speak to you. But even even with that, as he does, as he does that with you, it's only a half baked experience. You do not know the framework, you do not know how he works. And one of the things that disappoints me a lot, especially when it comes to this, is I find a lot of young generation people who are obsessed with signs, wonders and miracles. They keep asking God for a breakthrough in something that they are praying for. But they don't read the Bible. And it, it and they it's as though it's it's clearly they didn't read the Bible because some of the things that we're asking for miracles and blessing, God has already specifically mentioned in the Bible what He says about that. And that pains me. And so the number one thing that I think we can learn from Nathaniel is that you gotta read your Bible in order for you to even recognize. For in order for Philip and Nathaniel to recognize, you know, at the later passage, they recognize who Jesus was. They read their Bible, okay. And at the time, it was only five books, not much for them to read. Now we have sixty-seven books in the Bible. We have abundance of wisdom there. We have abundance of what God said there. But yet we don't open up the Bible, and read it. And so, ask yourself. You've asked yourself, congregation. When was the last time you really opened up the Bible and dwell in it, dwell in the wisdom of it? Because the Bible says that the word is living and active and it acts of the double H sword. Yes, as you speak of the word, it pierces the soul and the mind and the hearts of others, but it also reveals who you really are. And so the other thing, the sub-lesson I've learned from reading the Bible is you want to know who you are, Aside from you just being a sinner, but you want to know who you truly are, what God is calling you to be, the plans and the destiny he has for you, the future he holds for you. you got to read the Word. Okay? Because if you don't, you will not come to know who you are and how short you are and how much you really need Jesus. And it's also true the Word it reveals your sin, it reveals your sinful nature. And then you are only able to say, Ah, okay, this is something I have to change. This is yeah, you know, this passage, uh, this prophet, this figure kind of reminds me of like me. I maybe I shouldn't be that way. God will minister to you, not just through answer prayers or blessings, but even through the word. So you are got to read the word. Second, Nathaniel was surrounded by good friends. And one of them was obviously Philip. You see, when Philip first took up his own course at 43, at verse for in verse 43, he took up his own course and followed Jesus. He immediately went to Nathaniel. Man, he, he just couldn't contain his excitement. And he went to Nathaniel and said, Hey man, hey dude, dude, I got great news for you. I found something, man. This is so cool. It's something so cool. You know, you gotta see this. I mean, I'm just trying to illustrated into today's modern day context. Now, do you have friends like those who come, who the first thing that they say to you when you're in trial times or you're in tough times is that they encourage you with the word of God or do you have friends who is very excited about Jesus, is very excited about God and his kingdom, is very excited about what he has learned, maybe God answer his prayer, and he's just so excited, he's booming with it, and he's interested to tell you, he's interested to give God the glory, he's interested to praise God with you. Now, do you have friends like those? When I first met Tycho, aka Joya Mohan, two years ago in a Subang CF camp, I tell you, I was freaked up because Taiko. When we were getting to know each other, having this, this usual conversation of getting, of just like, you know, uh, how uh, we should you from and what food you like it. Taiko always brought up this guy called Leon Chua, Leon Chua, Leon Chua. Leon Chua as though that they they always had each other's back. Okay. And, and two years ago, I still remember in that camp, Taiko always brought up Leon Chua as the pinnacle, as a great support, as a very, very good friend in his life. And he and and it gives me the impression that if, if today Tycho were to back, was to backslide, Joel were to backslide, or Joel were to have hardship and difficulties in life, uh, Leon, this guy Leon Shoab up, uh, will come and to help him and will not give up on trying to rescue him. And so when we see that in this passage today about Philip and Nathaniel. It's the same, you know, Philip said that, come, come, I I found something, I found something, I think you need to see this, you need to see the miracle of God, you need to see the power of God, God answered my prayer, what about you? And and, you know, come and see. And you know, what's what's the amazing thing about this, was that when Nathanael said that anything good come out of Nazareth, the sarcasm that he portrays, Philip didn't give up. Philip said, come and see, come and see, come and see. Philip didn't give up. You know, if I were to illustrate that in today's context, I tell you there's so many of my friends, if I if I don't dis- if I don't agree with what their opinions and their their thoughts are, they'll say, okay, nah, this is your problem, oh nah. okay, I, I I I just told you I just met this Jesus guy. You don't wanna come out, nah. okay? Nah. You are you you're gonna end up in hell, you're not gonna join me in heaven. <laughs> you know? And and where can we find friends like this? Man, no best place elsewhere. Than church. So number one, read the Bible. Number two, we know that Nathaniel was surrounded by very very good friends and one of his friends, even though Nathaniel was so sarcastic, Philip still said, come and see. And Nathaniel trusted Philip. So you have to be, and, and I'm telling this to the youth, as you go up, you, you think after SPM you are free in the world, you go to college and you need are free let me tell you this, you're in fact not free because when you get to college and uni, that's where the temptations will come, the peer pressures will come. And I think you need to start thinking for yourself when you get to college and uni, you're going to find a group of friends who can support you in the kingdom of God. You're going to find good friends who influence you in a good way, who tell, who talks to you about Jesus, who talks to you about the word of God. And we can see here even Philip, he brought the word of God he said, he's the one that Moses said. He's the one that, that all the prophets said. So you got to find that friend. And number three, as we move down in the passage and in the story of Philip and Nathaniel, we see that there is a sarcasm that is, that is coming out from Nathaniel. Now, we need to understand some context here. Why was Nathaniel being sarcastic and said that nothing good can ever come out from Nazareth? If we take a look at Mark six and Mark thirteen, we realize that actually uh, Jesus couldn't perform many big miracles. He he wanted to uh, heal the sick and perform some miracles in his hometown. Now Jesus was grew, uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, okay, I, twist <laughs> But he actually grew up and he lived in Nazareth for some time. And when he was ready for ministry, he tried to perform miracles. He tried to uh, um, start his ministry there, but he wasn't able to perform any miracles, big miracles there because of the unbelief that is, there, that is there in Nazareth, right? Because people known Jesus as the son of the carpenter Joseph. And suddenly, at the, at the age of 30, 30 to 31, suddenly he was, he's called the Messiah. And out of nowhere, you know, he's just called a Messiah and people don't believe him. And look at even what Nathaniel said. Nathaniel is not from Nazareth. Nathaniel is from Cana. And Cana is just five miles away from Nathaniel, uh, from Nazareth. And if you if you remember correctly, Cana is the place where Jesus performed his first miracle, turning water into wine. But you see, there is a level of skepticism there. The first thing he would say is, can anything good come out from Nazareth? And I think in reflecting to today's culture, we are no different. If today, Jesus comes back for the second coming, and someone say, Oh, I've met, I've met Jesus. He came back, he came back. How do you think our church will respond? I'm sure some of us will buy it, but some of us will say, oh, yeah, what is this? You're lying. Oh, you're faking it. <laughs> Uh, sure. And 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 come on, we you know every as every day I, I see my parents sitting down in the hall watching video, looking at the number of cases going up, parliament and everything. There's build up so much that there, there's a build up of skepticism in there. In anything that they say they are they're least, they, 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 you know, they will be very, very cautious about it. And now, including all the fake news, like you know, uh Baku Test got COVID-19 and all these fake news going, the media is not helping us with the level of our skepticism. That's what I'm trying to say. And so the number three point I've learned from the interaction here is that you gotta have a good perspective, you gotta have a godly perspective, you gotta see a perspective of God. Because interestingly, when you look at the, the passage below here he says okay so nathaniel he said ah, think he was very skeptical okay but he went anyway okay he took the leaf and faith and he trusted um philip and he went anyway to see to to see jesus and when jesus saw nathaniel coming towards him and said behold israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit and Nathaniel said, how could you how do you know me and Jesus answered him before Philip called you when you're under the fig tree. I saw you. Now this again is not a just. This is this is something supernatural, okay? In order for the next line to happen, which Nathaniel answered, "Whereby you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel." It's not possible. It's just a normal day where Jesus just happened to walk by a fig tree and saw Nathaniel. Hey, I saw you, and then Nathaniel. Got so amazed by that. I don't think it's that. I think it's supernatural gift that Jesus was practicing here. Perhaps when, when Nathaniel was under the fig tree, maybe he, he he made sure that nobody was around. Okay. Maybe under the and and you know there's a lot of Jewish a uh, strong Jewish connection with fig tree. A lot of uh a Jewish connection, Jewish cultural um about. The meaning about the fig tree and um some people argue that when uh, when someone is under the fig tree they are meditating they're praying they are reading the torah and etc. maybe at the time nathanael was seeking the messiah or seeking jesus or seeking god we do not know we could only speculate but this is what i'm trying to say to have a godly perspective to understand what does God say about us. Because in this passage, it's very clearly God knew who Nathaniel was. Even before Nathaniel said something, God actually did the miracle reverse. And so, what is your perspective today? Are you having a good perspective towards your sorority? Are you having a godly perspective towards your sorority? Or you are just someone full of skepticism or unbelief? And unbelief can sometimes hurt you. And, and for me, in my own personal testimony, I, I, I have a lot of unbelief. Let me tell you this. Three years ago, I removed my tonsil because my tonsil kept inflamed and I was constantly sick. And after removing my tonsil, I was officially diagnosed with autoimmune disease, which means that my antibody is attacking my kidneys. And let me tell you, a honest truth here. After my tonsillectomy, I thought that God would give me a blessed life, a life that is full of health, a life that is great, a life that is voided for suffering. And for some of you who have heard the testimony of my family and my parents, and including my the death of my sister, I I went through a lot, and I thought that after the tonsillectomy, enough is enough, God. But the kidney thing happened again, and I. God very skeptical about God healing me of my health. Because my understanding is God wills everything in this earth. And if He wills it, and I pray once or twice about my kidney thing, it doesn't work, then maybe He's just not planning to heal me at all. But that is wrong. And you could see that the the, that that skepticism, that unbelief that I don't believe that God will be able to heal my health, has become laziness, has become faith without works, has become faith without practice, without putting in practice. And that is the danger of it. And so you want to ask yourself, what is your perspective? Are you, you know, when when people share great news of healing and miracles to you, or people share something happened to you, are you skeptical? And same goes for Nathaniel. Here he says that, can anything good come out from Nazareth? And in my case, can anything good come out from praying over my kidney situation? So number one, always remember, we're going to read the word. Number two, are you surrounded by good friends who support you? And number three, do we trust God fully? Do we have him in everything that we do? Or we compartmentalize certain things? Oh yeah, money. Oh, it's about money? Sure, God, I believe in you. Or it's about um it's about relationship Sure, God, I believe you. It's about health. Nah, you know, health. Nah. If God can heal me, then why do I need to go to the doctors and things like that? And you know, you have all these prejudice and skepticism. And number four, the lesson I've learned from Nathaniel is verse fifty. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than this. And Jesus said to Nina, Truly, I said to you, you will see heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Basically what Jesus it is a bit of humorous sarcasm here. Jesus said that, Oh, I say like that, he also believed. Uh. <laughs> and I think the number four point that we can draw lessons from this is that yeah, the little things are great in life. We we all know that life is a gift, that the the life that we are currently living here, it's a gift. God give us such a set gift. The little things, the big things are great, but essentially, what Jesus is saying that you know all these things are temporary because you will see greater things than this. And so you want to ask yourself your your youth, and for the rest of congregation as well. I think you need to ask yourself that question. What is your priority now in this life? What is your priority? Yes. Uh, we have our ups and downs, and especially in this pandemic, we have our ups and down. But what is the angle? If we begin to zoom out on our lives a little bit and just see things at the larger picture. And and sometimes, you know, I feel that we Christians, we are very occupied with the present, okay? And it's not wrong, but we are so occupied with the present, even when bad things come out, we are easily affected. We are, oh no, we, we, some of us get easily stressed, like for myself. When things appear, that things don't appear according to my plan appear in front of me like a tiger. I get so stressed and I totally just forgot about God. But here, what Jesus say is focus on the angle because the angle is that you will see the Son of Man again, and you will see angels and and you will see angels of God descending and ascending. And so, what is your priority? That's the big question. Now, when some of you have heard the testimony of my sister's death, and you you know one of the things that my when my sister passed away, she she left a lot. She left quite a bit of money, uh, in Australia. And I tell you, it was a hassle to get the money, even though my sister was involved in such a major big accident, and she gone. The Australian government still wanted so many so much doc so many documents from her just to prove. The legitimacy that she is my sister and she's the daughter of my parents, and and I remember that shortly after the incident, just trying to get the money out of the bank, my mom told me, Ugh, David, "Oh my goodness, like, what's the point of earning so much money? You're earning so much money, but yet you can't bring this money to heaven." And it's true that today my my sister is in heaven, rejoicing with the Lord, but she can't bring the earthly matters, earthly money here. And so what? Is your priority, youth. I, I know that today is Youth Sunday and I speak this mainly to the youth. You I know that you're going through a lot of stages in life. You have your young adult, you have your adult and you're looking forward to all those kind of things. But have you ever sit down and ask what is the greater purpose than all of this? What is the angle of you? I think you need to start thinking about that because I realise that a lot of youth are very excited the next phases of life going to college going to uni working um they don't very much think about who god calls them to be or what is their purpose or what is their their the biggest ministry calling call or pool that god is giving them in this life and i think you need to start thinking about that and so just to recap the four things that we have learned from nathaniel the interaction and the surrounding number one you're going to read your bible You've got to read your Bible to be able to reconcile with God, to have a knowledge with Him, okay? Because experience Him giving you experience is not enough. You've got to know the character and the love of God. And even so, that, that word is able to pierce your heart, to pierce even the heart of listener. And number two, got to see, are you surrounded by good friends? Do you have someone whom, whenever they speak to you, they always talk about God? They can never leave God alone. And that is a good thing. They can never leave God alone. They are able to encourage you using the virtues and the lessons and the the cultures that God has established for us. Do you have friends like those? And to think even deeper than that, in fact, all of us are a product of someone's dedications and legacy. All of us came to Christ because, just like how Philip bought Nathaniel, someone there was a Philip in our life, and who is that Philip? Is she still with us today? Is she still with us today? And that's, that's, that's something you have to be self-aware. You have to be very aware of. And number three, your perspective. Yes, you can have level of skepticism. And I think in today's culture and today's modern day context, it's normal to have a level of skepticism. But are you open-minded enough for, to allow God's supernatural power and and healing and miracle to come. I pray that High Point Life is a Bible-reading church. It's not just a Bible-listening church in the first point. It's a church that loves each other, supports each other, the second point. The third point, I pray that the High Point Life is a church that has a godly perspective, that has a perspective that is open to God's big supernatural power and, and just that, that level of sight and forth, you gotta ask yourself: um, Is high point life um, a church that is focusing so much on the present? Sometimes too consumed in the present. Yes, the Bible did talk about focus on present, but are you too consumed by it that sometimes you neglect the future, what and what it holds, and you know you gotta prepare for it for what is about to come. And let me tell you this: I as I've gone through a lot in life, in my kidney, in my hot flush broken relationships, my sister's death, my parents' um, marriage. You know, it's. I can't recall how many times I sat in a lonely place crying and praying for God. You know, I'm sure all of us had that lonely place where sometimes we are just so overwhelmed with life, we just sit down in a very quiet place and we ask God, why are all these things happening to me? And sometimes, as as all these things hurdles and troubles in life, I sit down and I ask God like, I've gone through enough, why are you still giving me more things to go through? And God told me that this is for your sanctification, this is for the building up of your soul, so that when at the end of the day, you join me in heaven, You'll be so happy of where you came from and god is building us every one of us up to a destination and let's enjoy the journey but not forget the destination and that is the fourth point and so i hope that at least one of the lessons really struck you hard um. again, I don't know how this message is going to portray a it to each and every one of you. But you know, I just hope at least one of it struck you. And I thank God for the word today. We thank God for the word today. And let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for Hyperlife. I thank you for st- a strong church like Hyperlife. A, not just a bible listening church but a bible reading church i pray for high point life to be a culture of love to be a culture of support i pray for accountability of father i pray for Acts chapter 2 the earliest church foundation to be in high point life father i pray for i pray for a godly perspective in high point life father they will come with agreement anything that they discuss anything that they plan as an event anything that they share with each other it will it will not have a human skepticism, but it will have a godly perspective. To, in order to edify your kingdom, O oh, Father, I pray that, that they are, let their hearts be changed, let their hearts be open-minded, be changed by the supernatural, O oh, Father. And Father, I pray, O oh, Father, that high points, O oh, Father, especially for the youth, oh, Father, that they are touched. Uh, by your word today, oh Father, their hearts begin to unpack. Uh, their their hearts begin to be blessed uh, by your care and your ministry and your ministering, of oh, Father. Father, I last uh, last and foremost, oh Father, I just pray, oh Father, that you show hyper church their destiny and their calling, oh Father. Remind them of the end goal, the things that they are doing, oh, Father. This pandemic is tough. This pandemic is so real, oh, Father. It haunts us in front of us, oh, Father. It comes to us like a wild animal father but father we call we 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 pray that you give us courage and strength to overcome this pandemic however you see fit Father. Oh father, and we thank you and we pray all this in jesus most precious name amen high point life thank you so much thank you you for tuning up uh for opening up your ears and i pray that you're blessed by the word that is shared to us and i will see you guys soon Bye bye